welcome everyone very good evening uh, welcome to pitch camp this is our growth marketing and leadership uh, series if you can take up this poll it will be really awesome so that we understand uh, you know the type of audience uh, you know that has joined us today today's session you know we have uh, we have planned it uh, you know uh, slightly slightly different based on our experiences of hosting past webinars and the feedback that we also received uh, from the previous uh, sessions as well so we're going to keep it very highly interactive and highly engaging uh, you know with all of you uh, ashwin has put together some great content uh, which will involve a lot of uh, q&a back and forth between all of us business is one of the biggest challenges in challenges in marketing getting yeah. survey data making people feel survey yeah exactly so people are starting giving 25 amazon gift cards Hopefully, <laughs> surveys. Your results. Okay, all of you can still see my screen. We got most of them, uh, you know, as new marketeers and entrepreneurs. We got 36% out of uh, 14 people, entrepreneurs, new marketers, marketing leader, and product manager. So, with this, let's uh, let's get uh, started. So, thanks everyone for joining in once again. This is uh, Bindesh Gundarao, and I'm the chief coach and evangelist at uh, PitchCamp. Uh, PitchCamp is a new initiative where uh, we are looking to enable entrepreneurs to share their ideas with the world better through, in, through investor pitch and uh, sales coaching uh, intervention. So today I'm very excited uh, you know, to have uh, Ashwin Krishna who heads uh, growth marketing at uh, tag.ai and he's also, uh, uh, you know, he's joined uh, TAC recently and he's also head, he was also the head of uh, you know, marketing at uh, Capillary which he will talk a little more on that. And very excited to host him as a second speaker in the growth marketing and leadership series. So we have been doing this uh, week on week uh, for the last uh, you know, 11, 10 weeks now. Uh, very excited with the response and thanks to the encouragement uh, from all the attendees. Uh, we clearly see an opportunity to bring in great uh, speakers and share their knowledge. Uh, from people who have actually been in the trenches and uh, you know whose insights can make a lot of difference. So with this, uh, you know, I'd like to welcome Ashwin. Ashwin, thank you so much for sparing time today. Absolutely, Bimlesh. I think uh, we've been good friends from past seven years, more than seven years yeah. now. Great to get connected back again. Uh, and uh, Ian, thanks again, thanks again everyone for joining in on Friday evening. I was asking Bimlesh whether Friday evening is the right time, but you know, all thanks to uh, you know getting locked down in home. Otherwise, we were all possibly would have been a different place. Right. But I think, uh, you know, <coughs> building on the same, our idea is not to make you a uh, webinar, you know, uh, not to get into the webinar syndrome, you know, after this after this discussion, you know, what, webinar phobia, sorry, right? There are too many webinars happening. So we would like to keep it uh, as interactive as we can. And for me, the biggest uh, uh, opportunity why I joined this is you know, really networking and talking to a bunch of you and really uh, really looking forward to learn from you guys actually. So, you know, as I said before, we're going to keep this extremely interactive. Uh, you know, Ashwin has got a couple of, uh, you know, uh, ideas on uh, on how he wants to share his thoughts on how do we build a great uh, 10x growth marketing engine. So I'd really love, uh, you know, to keep your questions flowing. So Ashwin, uh, let's uh, jump in right away. Talk All to right. Ashwin. Talk to us a little bit about your journey, an engineer turned marketeer, how did this transition happen? What has been some of your experiences over over your career spanning, you know, close to 15 years now? So talk to us about, about this uh, journey of your career. Sure. sure, perfect. Can you see my screen? Okay, great. I think, um, you know, one of the things which I'm really fortunate in life is really figuring out uh, B2B marketing is my passion. And, you know, passion is overrated, but I strongly believe passion is something which you can make it as a profession. And uh, I truly believe on a Monday morning, I go to work and now we are at home, but, you know, I get up on a Monday morning and I say, hey, like, this is going to be my best week so far, right? And, uh, and I was fortunate to really find this passion. I've done a bit of B2C marketing, but uh, which people call it cool, but I somehow, <coughs> sorry fell in love with uh, B2B marketing because of the fact, uh, you know, I believe that there is lots more, lot more to be done in B2B, lot more to be disrupted, lot more to be uh, discovered and uh, you know, really changed. Actually. And that's why I believe, uh, you know, I believe B2B marketing is my, my interest actually. So currently, you know, I have been fortunate to really work uh, 
uh, across companies i had uh, two failed startups one i started uh, moonlighted and you know ran it for about 9 months and other startup it it even shut down you know even before it started so we had the idea we had website we had phone uh, place but you know i had this you know i would say experience of two failed startups i was a terrible programmer uh, did a lot of exploration in the initial days i think that's when you know marketing happened and uh, uh, i've been you know fortunate to really uh, work at capillary where that's where the maximum learning happened where i've seen almost 15x growth right in terms of uh, in terms of revenues in terms of the demand generation actually uh, so i was also fortunate to see three acquisition happening so i actually joined capillary as a part of an acquisition uh, i was in one end i also after joining capillary we acquired a couple of companies and i was in the other end actually so it was great experience to really integrate brands uh, and really ensure that you know the customer journey is uh, seamless across you know across the board actually and the other thing is uh, you know when we started our journey in marketing in capillary uh, we were, we were reasonably big but you know marketing team actually evolved over a period of time uh, but there only one person uh, there's only one person who was present and uh, it, it gave me a lot of opportunity to really scale this you know one person team to almost 15 people you know before that and currently i lead the growth marketing at tact uh, now one interesting anecdote is uh, tact is possibly the only company which is funded by uh, salesforce microsoft and amazon uh, we are a crm company you know trying to build a truly seller friendly crm and i manage you know, anything from digital content events everything which would uh, you know uh, convert into growth So I'll stop here. I would ask uh, Bimlesh to trouble you with one more question, <laughs> so that uh, uh, you know it will be, be engaging. Uh, so Bimlesh would be great if you can, uh, you know, uh, show the poll. I think uh, we would like to understand what is this one single biggest challenge uh, which you guys have uh, encountered in your journey as as a marketer. It can be demand generation, it can be brand, uh, etc. Right. Uh, So Bimlesh, uh, audio. The next poll is on. It really helps to understand your number one marketing challenge today. The way you see it, it could be you know in, at your role, at your organization. What's the objective that you're working towards? That this will really help to you know manage the conversations a lot more better. So you got 50% of the people to respond on this poll, and uh, you know the top two priorities. our uh, demand generation and building a brand absolutely bullish i think this is uh, expected i think <clears throat> marketing is uh, a mixture of art and science art is about building a brand and really uh, building a memorable brand and demand generation is really converting that into real dollars right i'm not even talking about leads actually right. i'm talking about demand as you know real revenues i think that's what we're going to talk you know how do we really make marketing deliver dollars right there have been times when people used to say okay i have written 10 blogs nobody is going to listen to that uh, you know other than to shit down all they are worried about is especially in a small setup it's all about revenues right let me quickly quickly run through you know couple of more slides and then uh, again uh, after this slide i would be happy to you know uh, you can you can help me sort of create questions and any questions you have so bimlesh uh, help me and see uh you put it up so i can try and answer yeah absolutely so, i think uh, uh, as you right as you rightly mentioned i think top two challenges are really generating demand and uh, the second is about building brand actually uh <clears throat> i would sort of structure this in a slightly different way uh you know the revenues would happen when when three things you know really interlock and come together in, in sync uh, i think fundamentally revenues can be driven by three things right one is uh, great storytelling which is content and uh, and it's all about building great content which is relevant which is fresh which is unique and it's insightful actually so a lot of the times brands actually write out content just for the heck of it that just doesn't work actually because there are hundreds and thousands of people now writing content with uh, guides or blogs uh, and if you take that lame approach of okay let me write something it just doesn't work So I'll try and give you sort of a, you know, framework as well. You know, how do we build, you know, everything uh, based on the consumer insights? 
which I'm going to talk about in the next slide. Uh, so first is the storytelling, right, which is great content. So second is about how do you propagate this content in the right channel, right? Uh, it's extremely important to understand the basic thing in life. Where does your audience hang out, right? Let's say you have uh, uh, ERP buyers who might be going on a website which talks about ERP as an industry, right? Great. So go ahead and you know strike a partnership with that website and then you know generate uh, you know co-partner with them, you know generate content. Or let's say you you believe your audience is in. Uh, uh, is not on digital world. You now, how do you reach out to them, right? It's then you have to figure out ways like partnerships. For example, for us in Middle East, uh, the digital penetration in terms of the number of searches was almost one one fifth, I would say, compared to let's say Southeast Asia or in India. Uh, so what we did is we spent some time uh, to really work work, work with them partners. Uh, we did a bunch of events. I think the first principles approach here is to. Just go and figure out where your audience present. Where do they hang out? And, and the third thing is about community, right? Um, how, you, how do you find this information? That where do my customers hang out? Sure, I think uh, uh, I would start with saying, talk to your sales guys. Talk to your sales guys, uh, speak to a few prospects, speak to a few customers. You know, this whole secondary research uh, is, is really boring, right? It, it is very contextual. Uh, something in the US doesn't work in India, something in India doesn't work in China. So it's uh, uh, the best way to do it is speak to your sales guys uh, who will, let's say, signs up, right? Uh, you do a call, you'll just ask one question. Hey, uh, how did you reach out to us, right? How did you reach out? Somebody would have signed up on LinkedIn, but they would have possibly, you know, uh, used another five channels to explore you, actually. Uh, and hence, I think this primary way to figure out uh, where does these people hang out? Uh, I think it's a great way to do it. And the next is about <coughs> you know really build a community, right? Community is a as a, as a overall is about uh, it's not really very tight knit community uh, like in a in a Yelp or in a let's say Facebook. Uh, this community what I'm talking about is a very loosely knit community. Uh, it all starts with the inner circle, which is your employees, uh, customers, then your fans, you know people who subscribe for your blogs all of that stuff, uh, your uh, LinkedIn community, your social community, and finally you have uh, investors actually. And the key is to ensure you build the brand and drive demand by making use of all of these folks in the community. As simple as, you know, working with the leadership team to ensure everyone is active, everyone shares content and everyone also contributes to content actually, right? And for example, you know, writing a great blog on, on how cool your tech is uh, has to be written by engineers or from the engineering team, but you guys have to create it, curate it, right, as a, as a marketing uh, team, actually. Right. Uh, so I think this is in a nutshell, uh, I would say four C's of marketing, which, uh, you know, there is a traditional uh, four C or five C, but this, I believe, is very contextual and uh, very relevant uh, these days. Okay, we will move on and then we'll suddenly have uh, you know, time for questions, right? Uh, yes, this is the first part, right? This is really about, you know, uh, great storytelling. You know, I had this great as one word popping out because it's not just about telling a story, it's about, you know, great storytelling. So one of the things we really suck at, right? The Indian marketers is, so I think as Indian marketers, uh, so we are not great at storytelling. We really suck at it. And uh, uh, so one of the key things which I, you know, when I speak to founders, I tell this one thing, you know, start telling your stories even before you write your first line of code, right? So start talking about your industry. Don't worry about what product you have. You know your audience, start talking about it actually, right? Start talking about it. Start building a brand because brand building would, it's not an overnight thing, right? It takes years and years actually. So how do we do it, right? Uh, I have not spent a lot of time on some of this because this is really something every marketer knows. I'll just quickly touch upon this and really jump into the, the growth framework actually, right? The first is really, it all, you know, really segment your audience and figure out of your audience is going to buy from you. Uh, where do you think you have the right to win? So Anish, uh, my previous, uh, you know, capillary CEO already keeps telling, uh, which segment of audience do you have a right to win? So, so what it means is, uh, you know, do you have a great product which works 
uh, on a on a specific industry, specific country, specific revenue base. Uh, somebody who is using an on-premise solution, you believe your cloud solution would be like a panacea for them. What is it, right? It's it's really a ICP is nothing but a marriage of what sector, what revenue size you want to go after, uh, how much money they have, you know, what is the willingness to pay, uh, and what are the other products they typically use, right? Right. Uh, you know, we we do this, you know, even even in even at tag, right, where we go after companies who are using a specific product, and it becomes a lot more easier for us to refine the messaging. And tell them how we are different, uh, you know, versus what they're using. Actually, True. yeah. So ICP is really the is the first tool, right? It, even before you do anything from marketing, just try and figure this out. You know, work with your sales, work with your product teams, work with your customer success team to really build this. Actually, and then it's about uh, uh, you know taking an inside outside in approach, right? So there was a time where people used to bore us to death by talking about you know how cool they're. Product is scalable. You know, while I am a marketing persona, I'm I'm trying to buy a marketing automation engine. If somebody comes and says, you know, they've written this platform in C plus plus, you know, I don't care, right? What I really care is the key jobs which I want to get done. Uh, the key job for me would be, for example, as a marketing automation engine, to to really run targeted campaigns, to really run campaigns so that the emails will really reach out to the inbox. My open rates are high. You know, so that my you know I get more and more leads. I think uh, uh, so. This JTBD is a great framework. This is a framework uh, uh, by 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 a Harvard Business School professor, uh, yeah. Professor Clayton. He unfortunately passed away last year. Uh, I would urge you guys to go and read about it. Uh, it starts with a simple premise saying, "What is this problem or a job which you are trying to solve of your customers?" Right? And there's a great illustration actually. No, don't worry about this uh, skateboard nuts and bolts, or you know how much angle it is built. Just talk about you know, how fun, how fun you know the skateboard can be, how easy it is to use, or how portable it is. That's what the customer gets, right? And then finally, really going about you, you know the customer, you know what problems they understand, uh, what problems they're going through. Then it's really about refining your uh, your personas. Actually, all of you guys know about it. Uh, just one point on this. Uh, make the personas more as specific as you can. Uh, understand their uh, emotional as well as the, uh, you know, the uh, one is psychological, right? You know, how do you meet the psychological needs? And second is also about uh, the rational needs, right? They look at things like, you know, uh, solutions should be secure, and psychological need is is this a trustable brand actually? So make the persona as Tight as you can, and most importantly, uh, map all the personas in in a segment actually, right? And then you got to ensure you have to uh, reach out to everyone in the company. And once you figure out who is decision maker, start with them. And uh, you got to a lot of the times we have helped the sales guys to figure out who are the other folks in the company who is in the buying community. Then you should run campaigns for them, uh, build an awareness, and uh, we used to. In nutshell, we used to reach out to the entire uh, bank, bank committee. Sorry. So you run you run these uh, campaigns. You design these campaigns. Uh, so there are two ways, right? Typically, companies uh, look at uh, communication and lead generation. Some of them follow the account-based strategy, uh, right. you know, uh, or you know, a persona-based strategy as well, right? right. That that I cut across uh, across all my accounts, target mm-hmm. accounts. And I come across, I put together persona messages, messages specific to separate personas, right. and then I reach out. Or the other way is I reach out as an account specific, right? Sure. Because I know more uh, aspects of an account, and then I do an outreach activity. So, in your experience, what has been the kind of results that you have seen that has worked for you? Which approach works better, and in what scenarios would you recommend? Team approach or persona-based communication. Sure, great uh, question, Bimlesh. Actually, uh, so both are important. <coughs> uh, account-based would always work better because you are going to do an outreach to, let's say, Maastricht Bank, who is looking at a financial ERP by understanding who they are, uh, you know, who are the buyers, etc. Versus a persona which is more 
generalized or more specific to a persona but it's general across you know be it the segment or be it the category all of that right so my learning has been uh, uh, persona based or a uh, sector based campaigns would work in the very few days in the company you know because you have limited time you have limited uh, resources and uh, time uh, so start with let's say uh, sector based campaigns let's say uh, your product caters to pharma your product caters to let's say retail uh take one vertical understand the vertical uh take the personas try and you know have different messages for the persona in that particular actually others even vertical specific messaging also great as in when you have time and as in when you build your team i think uh, account based marketing is really a true nirvana right uh, especially when you're in an enterprise segment um it's all about reaching out to making sure you know, any circle to one happening any circle to one is about Okay, what is the message I'm going to talk to a Maastricht bank, right? You know, versus uh, let's say SBI Bank India. Two different geographies, two different uh, scenarios. All right. So then, I think this is a slide where I would possibly spend uh, the most time, and then uh, you know, happy to also you know take questions uh, you know after this. Uh, I would possibly say this is the culmination of you know my 15 plus years of experience. Uh, if you ask me, you know, give me one slide where you can talk for. for hours right and this is the one slide actually okay. and this the way i am going to kind of have sort of put this together is uh what should you do in an early phase uh you know in the early phase of the company or early phase of your marketing journey let's say you just started and then there is no team there is no money which is usually the case uh and then how does this whole thing progresses over time and you know progression in terms of money provision in terms of resources uh, and also time actually right first in terms of tactics right i think uh, so number one thing for any b2b company is the website and please ensure you spend the spend enormous amount of time to build a world class website uh, no nothing nothing short of a nothing short of a world class quality right because that's the number one brand uh, pull for your for your brand actually number one uh, you know brand ambassador for your uh, for your company actually then that's where all the conversions happen so please keep that in mind uh, you know build it for not just for mobile and sure you know the the journey is built great uh, you know plug in your analytics and then keep measuring that and the second thing in the early phase is about uh, customer references right uh, so there are review sites where uh, let's say you are an sme company where you have a lot of customers let's say you have 50 customers now uh, we can really request them to write reviews uh, on the review sites such as g2 or Let's say got the peer insights to name a few, and most importantly, uh, you know the real meat uh, is really around you know getting great stories, getting great stories from the customers. Actually, even if you have it in the product market fit phase, just go and ask your happiest customer to talk about what problems have you solved them, and how is their experience been right. And right. number one challenge for marketers is not about building a video or a case study. it's really getting approval from the brands and i would i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure in everyone is facing the same challenge uh so one hack we found out is uh, in fact multiple ideas right what we found out is whenever the deal is getting closed uh speak to your sales guys give them a discount they will anyway give a discount tell them we are giving you discount and you give us a go live customer testimonial that's one you know one you know one hack we can you know we can use so second and the most important thing is uh, use your customer success folks uh try and build rapport with some of the folks in 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 your customers and you know especially who would like to talk who would like to you know celebrate themselves right you know somebody who is very talkative somebody who wants to build their presence down right. that right uh because the more and more time is spent with the sales and customer success they will not care right? they will not care whether somebody has given a customer testimonial so you request them to make a connect uh, once you have the connect it's up to you actually you talk to them you talk to the customer uh, specific person you know make them comfortable make them win the most important thing is the stories are not about you actually it's about you know what problem the customer was facing you know how did he or she became a hero and last but not the least is talking about how did you know your product really made them a hero actually i think this is this one biggest 
learning you know which has completely transformed our approach you know towards uh, you know customer appearances moving on right moving on now uh, people say cold calling is dead which is true actually you know when then why did i put this uh, you know there's a slight variation here right there is it's not just about cold calling it's about cold emailing plus calling actually and the truth is uh, no matter how great your product is it's very very hard to get this initial set of customers actually i think that's where you know you you got to use this uh, approach where you take a vertical understand the challenges write a bunch of emails you know a sequence of let's say seven emails which used to be our formula uh, one quarter seven emails uh, followed by calls right uh, you you have your automation system email automation system it will tell you okay uh, you sent 100 people and let's say 10 people have opened two emails call them up actually call them up and say hey uh, you know uh, i was trying to reach out to you and uh, it looks like you are interested in this uh, and would you like to hear more about how can we help you actually right so this uh, so cold calling used to be our uh, possibly one of the biggest sources when we started our journey uh, in uh, in 2013 14 okay and the number just the percentage share kept going down i'm talking about just cold calling and then uh, couple of years back when we started doing cold calling with email as the as the leading channel uh, things started working again because uh, people have seen your email they would respond better right again moving on i think uh, so one of the key learnings has been now uh, uh, so linkedin is a great lead gen channel that was our initial thought process you know we were completely wrong we were just wrong uh, <laughs> so i think this is a constant debate every marketer would have you know why do we use linkedin actually So I think answer based on my learning is it's a terrific channel for branding. It's a terrific channel for ring fencing your audience. Let's say you're talking about pharma, you talk about uh, your IT audience, uh, ring fence that ring fence that audience, put it in segment, uh, keep running ads for them, right? Keep running ads. Uh, you know your blogs, your the white papers, your uh, campaigns you want to run. So that you know there is always a top of the mind recall and. Uh, when you allocate your budget don't allocate your budget uh, linkedin budget for uh, lead gen uh, allocate it under branding actually uh, allocate it under branding so that you you hit a certain share of voice share of voice is okay there are 100 people in my audience how many people actually saw your ad in a month how many people saw your ad in a quarter right so linkedin has this metric and have this share of voice as a metric so that uh, uh, again you can you can let sales guys to call uh specific companies where people have seen your ads uh i think that has been a big revelation for us that you know linkedin is a, is a branding channel it's not a core linkedin channel and uh you know one of the one of the learnings has been now uh, when you don't have a lot of money right and uh, when you have less money go to your go to your gtm partner go to your uh, cloud vendors go to your uh, especially cloud vendors because most of the folks are on are on cloud now Uh, go to AWS, go to Microsoft, go to uh, Google, Google Cloud. Everyone has their GTM programs already set up, uh-huh. and they have what is called as a marketing development fund or MDF. And uh, you know, some of them even give percentage of the revenue you give them. Let's say you consume hundred dollar worth of cloud, they will give you let's say five dollars out of that, right? Okay. I think the hack is really one. find out the right people inside the partner network right you use your partnership team to reach out to the right partner right folks and second is really uh negotiate right negotiate really hard you know speak to other po- other people who are doing it and try and negotiate really hard this is one place where you can get free money right you can get free money which you can use to run marketing and uh, the last but not least on the channel side is uh, and you know, really using a balance of uh, search as a channel right because uh, uh, it depends right let's say you are running a erp company which has tons of searches actually which has thousands of searches or let's say you are running a uh, survey tool let's say for a very specific audience you know the number of searches would be very minimal and hence even when you when you prioritize this channels in different phases you have to figure it out let's say you are a company where there is a commoditized industry which has a lot of searches You got to do SEO and SEM right from that device because that is one channel which will give you immediate results 
uh, high intent uh, you know high intent leads and uh, you know one biggest learning has been really using scm for bottom of the funnel keywords let's say you're running an erp company uh, bid for keywords like enterprise erp for for banks right it's a long tail uh, possibly has least volume compared to let's say best erps but the chances that you would get ranked for you know if you, if you put in focused effort for best erps for financial companies to be a lot higher because you know it is possibly it will have you know the sort of uh, competition and from the seo side it's all about you know great content i think one thing which has really worked for us is uh, uh you know this one thing which has really worked for us is we wrote a definitive guide for loyalty uh it is a 6500 word uh you know a blog not a blog it's on, it's on the website and that still i think uh, even before i left it, it gets a couple of thousand uh, not couple you know even more couple of thousand visitors actually okay so great content long form content uh, no really works uh, from this point of view that right, i think abm you guys all know uh, i'll skip that and uh, i'll just stop here and then uh, you know bimlesh you think uh, i should focus on anything do you have a question yeah can can you talk a little bit about uh, you know the metrics that you mentioned in the early phase uh, as mql srls what do you mean as uh, srls sure so srl is nothing but a sales ready lead uh, the difference between mql and srl is uh, uh, mql is uh, the right person uh, let's say a marketing manager is, is is one of the influencers marketing managers have come and you know signed up and he or she from a right company an mql will become a srl uh, when it's a right company right person they have a need uh, you know they have a immediate need or they have a need let's say within a defined time frame actually that's when it becomes a sales ready lead which people the sales folks can pick up run with it so this is when an mql becomes an sql with a hot tag right that this is a hot sales ready lead absolutely the normal handoff is between an sql i mean between an mql and to an sql to say that okay here's a marketing qualified lead i'm moving it into a sales qualified lead and now it's up to the sales rep to take it through a defined timeline uh, you know towards the closure but what you are bringing in is a very interesting point of view that right at an mql that you are able to if you are able to identify with a definite <coughs> then it becomes a very hot qualified thing absolutely i think uh, uh, just to touch upon uh, this is a never ending game right, right. what is an srl or what is not an srl sales guy will say game is some shit lead which they not even picking up my call <laughs> and this is a endless chatter which happens you know even at a sales force even at sap i've heard that or uh, you know right from a startup you know that's normal you know and there's nothing wrong in that i think the key is to really define Uh, very tightly. What is an SRL? Capture as much information as you can when you when you really are or a uh, let's say the inside sales person calls them. Capture all the information, right? Capture all the information. Who is this person? What is the clear need? Uh, are they evaluating now? Are they evaluating future? Don't ask them for budget. That's difficult because ask them nicely, saying, "Hey, you know, do you have you allocated budget? Or have you allocated this budget?" uh you know this is come from it's a marketing budget this is come from xyz budget don't ask him for you know what is your budget it's going to be like okay this guy is like really figuring out you know whether i'm the right person you know whether uh, i'm really qualified to talk or not so please don't ask that uh, but uh, the key is to uh, tighten the mqo to srl handoff privilege uh, strictly said so that there is lesser chatter you know when you when you had it off to the sales person actually so we have started to get some questions uh, we'll take uh, the question from uh, mr praveen what analytics uh, tool would you recommend at early phase and what metrics are people are looking for sure great uh, i think this is again another question which is you know haunts every marketer and i'll tell you you know where i i where the we came from right? what did we do so that uh, uh, so we had a we had a nice stack you know very simple you know we had uh, google analytics which helped us measure all the top of the funnel metrics especially non linkedin non social type of metrics and we had uh, linkedin as one another primary channel so that used to sort of feed in all the engagement metrics you know on the campaign manager dashboard uh, so what we built is we literally ran the entire marketing operations on a on a google sheet 
and I'll, I'll confess this and then we haven't used like a, a super cool dashboard tool or a click view or a tableau uh, which is very expensive right it literally eats into your marketing budget right but uh, you know, what you have to do is just use this basic uh, tools right you have the analytics you build your goals on analytics you know have someone or you learn analytics and it has some amazing features about how do you build the goal how do you build the funnel so that you track the entire conversion journey within the website and from website uh, the moment you sign up it's all crm right crm is your single source of growth uh, which is really a static data and then what you got to build is uh, in a really simple set of dashboards i would say quasi dashboard or a pseudo dashboard i would say uh, which possibly says okay weekly uh, channel 1 channel 2 channel 3 weekly what is my mql what is my sar right? right and then so on and so forth and then you can build uh, you know your uh, you know if you have a you know big sales operations team they will help you or otherwise you know you got to you got to figure this out right you have to build your template you know spend a lot of time in filling it every week so that when you have the weekly review call you have the data in in one place actually yeah and i think at an early stage you really can't copy another company's metrics as your company right so you may have a plethora of metrics that you can measure but you need to pick and choose some of those metrics that matter to you at that particular phase right absolutely if you are in the mvp phase uh, i want to understand the number of visitors who come in to my website how many of them are actually responding to a say a survey question or how many people are downloading my particular app you know signing up for an early beta access so right. these metrics would matter you know at an mvp stage when Absolutely. in my first mvp stage when i go live with my first few products you know i really like what you have mentioned in the optimized section here that i will then start measuring month on month or on a week on week your impressions clicks visitors trial sign ups Right. right and i would also add uh, people who are engaging with my content if i'm spending some time on content i i think this this what to measure and at what stage to increase measurement is something that will be an ongoing evolving activity am i right ashwin yeah absolutely i think uh, uh, so this is my journey right this whole metric subsection uh, in the early phase you know we used to as you mentioned you know we used to talk about a lot of the engagement metrics you know how many people signed up and later it became an mql discussion you know how many mqls have we generated right and then it, it all became srl actually how many leads am i passing to sales person every week Got that it. is the only discussion we used to have you know with with the sales team actually and then as we grew uh, the entire discussion switched to opportunities hey boss you know how many opportunities did you give me this month right uh, opportunities nothing but uh, sales person have you know done bunch of meetings they know that there is a budget uh, they possibly shared a proposal etc etc i am not going into too many details but opportunity is something where you have a financial value tied right you know our entire conversation was around what is the number of opportunities and what's the cost per opportunity which uh, which which we are seeing you know across channels etc and uh, literally you know before i i moved out we were discussing how can we tie the closure values or how can we give a uh, sales quota to every person in marketing right and this is this is a very controversial topic to right. talk to marketers saying they will laugh at you saying okay now how the hell i will i'm going to control what the sales guys are going to talk or how then i'm going to you know, really you know uh, how then i can make my variable you know if somebody doesn't close uh, there is a very fine line there is a very fine line in terms of uh, uh, you know tying a closure as a kpi or you know having pipeline as a kpi but i think the the key is really you got to generate quality pipeline you got to generate quality opportunities to actually convert uh that's the whole thought process actually uh you know for example you know, we were at a phase we were having uh, so much pipeline sales guys were saying you know, don't give me leads and end of the year you know we had uh, miserable conversions right from from pipeline to closure and then we uncovered when we do it did a double click on the opportunities uh in quite a lot of them were not great opportunities you know, they were just exploring they just said okay i've taken a demo or they some of them just said okay 
uh, you know, had two, three meetings. Some of them even don't even pick up the call later because they're possibly doing some competitor evaluation before they bought something else. So then the key as we as we mature right from left to right is moving the whole needle from quantity to quality, right? With the quality of the lead or quality of the opportunity or let's say size of the opportunity. Right. Yeah. That's also the maturity evolution curve, right? Absolutely. As, as the organization evolves, processes evolve, people also learn uh, you know how the culture of the organization is uh, is picked up. That's when the true moving of the needle happens from quantity to quality. We have a next question coming in. Uh, this is from uh, Nitesh. It is, are there any other ways of discovering where your audience hang out apart from talking to salespeople and asking early adopters? So, again, to be very specific, right? Uh, go channel by channel. Go to Google. Uh, Google AdWords, uh, you have the keyword banner. Key in all the possible combinations of uh, the bottom of the funnel keywords. Let's say you are having ERP software, uh, you know, you know, putting keywords, variations of ERP software, ERP solution, ERP platform, to name a few. So you will figure out, okay, for let's say Southeast Asia, this is the number of searches, right? So that's fine. So same thing, go to LinkedIn. Uh, you know who, who, is, who is your persona. Uh, figure out you know, how many people are there out there on LinkedIn with your persona for a specific category and for a specific geography. So you got your data. So you have LinkedIn, you have uh, uh, you know you have AdWords, which are two most important channels. And uh, yeah, and then third is the events, right? Uh, I think the way to look at events is go to event websites, uh, look at the speaker profiles actually, because it's very very hard to figure out who is coming in the event. Right. You know, look at the speaker profiles. If majority of the speakers are the ones where you can sell the product, right? Uh, let me take an example. Let's say I'm going to a BFSI event. Uh, whole bunch of the speakers are, let's say, CEOs of the banks, right? Are CEOs of fintech companies, or let's say, uh, CFOs of fintech companies. Let's say you know that is your persona. You know that's the event you should be there. Right. If if you have an event which has a bunch of speakers, for you know, bunch of speakers who are not even relevant, automatically your your audience will not hang out there. You know, it would be yet another event where the event organizer would promise you sky, and you will get peanuts. That's a that's a great uh, hack. The other question is the next is from Vinkesh. <coughs> in B two B manufacturing market, it is much harder to understand. Who will be involved in the decision making process? In industries with huge decision making units where clients must reach a large and diverse audience. This is about understanding your buyer center. Of course, you have a you have your ultimate ulterior motive here. The moment you understand who is the buying center, it will not just solve you know your company's problem. I mean, it will the first problem it will solve for you is uh, okay, who is the audience, right? So that you can do everything possible in you know, a totaling that. Yeah, I mean, there are industries which is very hard. For example, government, right? In a government where it's highly impossible to really write out a map saying, okay, uh, this is the general persona map. Okay, you know, the buyer is a digital officer, chief digital officer. There is a CFO who writes, uh, who approves the check. And there is someone else who uses the product. Very, very hard, right? In, in a government setup. I think in that case, what would what would possibly work is, you know, have a have a basic framework uh, done uh, by talking to, uh, you know, take a bunch of cases. Let's take, let's say, you know, ten past conversations you had. You know, talk to the sales guys. You know, do this mapping. And what happens is, uh, you know, not every case this buying center would remain the same, right? Because, uh, you know, even even in a in a retail setup where we used to go, there used to be large conglomerates like Tata. Where, you know, I I don't even know. You know, it's super hard to find the intricacies between who reports to whom, who who is actually writing the check, and the lot of times where, you know, we used to figure out in the last minute, last minute, right? Where they used to say, okay, we're going to release the, uh, you know, the folks who won the RFP. You know, we were not there, and then later when we go and double click, what has happened? We were speaking to the wrong person. Sales guys had to come to rescue here. 
they really have to ask that genuine question to you know to all the audience whom they meet uh, in terms of you know how is the organization structure what are your priorities you know before asking organization structure asking about what are the priorities for let's say this quarter let's say for this year and then then everything else right you know what the organization structure like who cares right who cares for the product uh, you know which which you guys buy and uh, asking these genuine honest questions you know in a really nice way and and at the right time can really open up a pandora's box actually and you possibly will shift the gears entirely you know saying you know this is one company where uh, cio is the decision maker right not not the marketing guy and then you have to switch gears and then you slowly have to figure out uh, you know some pattern saying okay for conglomerates uh, you know let's say the decision happens from a you know from the founder right who is a possibly i started this company from a long time is very passionate about taking the control but in a small setup the possibly the ceo would uh, hand it hand over the responsibility of the reins to the marketer say okay you go ahead and choose a product give me three options we'll figure it out together uh, it's hard i agree it's hard in in few industries but uh, you got to build a baseline framework and then tweak that framework for every company or every small sub segment next question is from mr chari uh, based on the tactics mix you have shared how would you divide the budget and priority amongst these tactics sure great question i would say another great question where you say uh, you have one week for the quarter planning everyone would be scrambling saying okay what's the channel strategy how is the budget allocation looking like all of that right i think one simple <clears throat> uh you know learning right learning is really about uh look at these two things right on one end look at uh which channel especially when you start actually i would possibly say after a while how does this decision shift so when you start it's all about okay which channel has the maximum demand and how quickly the channel would give you results right let me take an example you have an scm where you believe there is a lot of demand uh high intent converts immediately and you have uh, linkedin a uh, costly channel doesn't give you returns great channel for brand building right i would allocate a lot more budget for scm because you have to start showing results you know you can't keep keep talking flowery language saying hey you know what 25000 people see my, saw my ad you know nobody cares a shit about it what everybody cares is okay how many leads have you given me all right uh, so i would rather you know uh, nicely you know get this demand data allocate my budget uh, you know run with this okay. after a while in growth and a mature phase the way we used to do it is okay which channel has given me maximum opportunities right let's say there are 10 opportunities uh, scm has given me four organic has given me three and rest is let's say events and you know affiliate marketing for example then i would allocate maximum amount of my budget which is 60% of the budget possibly on to my seo and scm sorry seo is something which is quite a gray area uh, that typically you know we used to spend a lot of brand budget for seo and content writing so that's what we used to so that, that's what we used to do uh, really build uh, bottoms up right uh, you need more and more opportunities which channel would has given the maximum number of opportunities and uh, it's not just the number because just numbers would can be misleading because sometimes what happens is uh, we have we possibly run a campaign on scm which is work phenomenally well i just possibly given 90% of the opportunities doesn't mean you have to allocate 90% of the budget for scm the opportunity share is one metric second is also demand right you look at okay what maturity let's say your scm campaigns are at mediocre phase you have to invest more and more money so that you optimize you do more experiments uh you know juice out the maximum out of the channel and then finally in a mature phase it's all about attribution actually right uh you really have to build that attribution model where which says uh, uh which, which can actually get uh, very tricky and complicated but in simple terms it talks about okay which channel is really first click right uh does people explore our brand on linkedin first and where do they come next do they come to website or do they with a really go to a blog and they read the content and then finally they come to website right this whole attribution modeling will also help you figure out uh, how do you split the money for branding as well as uh, 
another code lead gen message chat next question we have is from pravin shekar how much success have you seen in farms and surveys to determine what people feel about the problem you are solving are they i'll add another sentence to it are they reliable so you want to say the website form right website form or let's say linkedin lead gen form yeah Yes, yeah, sure. I think that's a great question. That ties back to uh, conversion rates, right? There is a similar question, which is about how many fields should I have in the website? Uh, you know, one school of thought says, okay, just have name and email ID, and the rest of them will figure it out. And other school of thought says, if they are seriously interested in buying your product, you give me ten fields, they will fill in because they are seriously interested. I think the answer right. to this is really find the midway where you you get the minimum viable information, which is name, email ID, company name. Most importantly, give them an option to voice out what they're looking for. Right? Uh, in a lot of the times, we just say, "Okay, for conversion date, I will remove this field." Uh, it's okay. You get lesser number of leads. Rather, you have a small little box which says, "Okay, what are you looking at?" Right? Or even there is one more field above that which says, "Are you looking for a job? Are you looking to talk to a sales?" Right? Uh, because a lot of the time, if you don't have a great HR branding strategy in place, people come to your contact us page and they fill the form. Uh, if you don't have that filter in place, we'll end up calling them and they say, "Hey, I'm actually looking for a job." Waste of your time and money and everything, right? Uh, I think it's a great question. Uh, have your form. uh in such a way that you you decide what is the minimum filters you, you want to put typically you know what what has worked for us is uh uh name email id company uh what what is the purpose right the four things uh is 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 the key actually and how about the surveys have surveys worked for you are they reliable uh that's uh, <laughs> i think that's another big challenge i think uh uh we haven't done a lot of surveys frankly I think uh, what we used to do is uh, really go with the conventional wisdom, uh, in a way we used to talk to the sales guys, talk to the uh, talk to the team, talk to the success customer success team, etc. And then used to find out find patterns, common patterns. Uh, for example, in in the Middle East, uh, which was almost two years behind India in terms of digital revolution, we had an e-commerce product. So this is one point of time where we really figured out. uh e-commerce is hot actually because that's when uh soup.com and the noon.coms of the world came in and the natural progression was you know really starting their own e-commerce storefront so we had a we had a platform similar to shopify or magento or hybris and that's when we we this conventional wisdom uh based on talking to people uh helped us to really go and launch the product uh, with a big bang you know campaign I think we got two more questions uh, before we open up for networking. Sure. If a product is an innovation that currently does not exist, for instance, in the food tech industry, how do you go about calculating the market penetration rate? <coughs> This is um, Apar Goel from Accenture. But I think it's a great question. Um, this is uh, this category of products uh, which shapes the new category, right? It's a it's like a category shaping products. It's like iPhone. you know getting launched and really shaking the entire industry uh i think uh, <coughs> one way to really do it is uh really try and understand what are they currently using right for example uh, if you are trying to create a cloud solution for a food tech company or let's say fmcg company who are traditionally using a on prem solution so try and find that parallel right find find that parallel uh, let's say they are using a traditional erp while you have a cloud based erp so try and understand what challenges they are facing in the in the proxy or a parallel solution which you found out actually right it can be even uncon- very very unconventional right for example if you launch an analytics solution for an fmcg company uh Try and find a parallel. So, what what that solution can be? Solution can be Excel sheets, right? Simple Excel sheet. The regional managers or the regional sales manager, you know, cracking their entire night, you know, to preparing that, you know, uh, consolidating the sales information from different sheets into one, 
sending it to their manager and then same thing happens actually so try and find that parallel or, or the proxy and that would help you understand uh what's the market possible market size which you can disrupt actually right and then okay. second and most important thing is how much people are willing to pay right and that is a defining factor for uh the revenue size of the market and this is a this is a question which can talk for for a for a while uh, to to cut the idea short i think the idea should really uh generally ask uh how much time people are spending with the current solution uh one way to possibly do it is figure out okay, how much time we can solve or how much uh let's say additional revenues you can generate by uh you know let's say somebody using your solution versus actual shape right uh, which is a function of time and additional revenue right and then then we can say okay you give 5% of additional revenue which i will generate for you and then that's my price um uh, and then that's very tricky but you know that's one bold way to go forward the next one is from uh, raghav from i giver they are a social service platform connecting ngo to nearby donors for donations what's a great way for us to bring in more donors with zero budget to spend on marketing he has a platform or an app which connects uh, donors to ngos okay. So with zero marketing budget how can i onboard more donors onboard more donors okay see i'm in this uh, social space for quite some time and that's one of my passions i think one of the channels you should really go after is um, i can go and figure out way, what are the channels your donors will hang out right uh, there are platforms like uh, uh, there used to be again platform called i volunteer uh, i volunteer is a entire it's an ecosystem of volunteers who are committed to make a difference uh, and those are your first pets because if they're ready to <clears throat> if they're willing to share their expertise and time they're also willing to contribute because uh, you know they're this set of committed folks they said this set of committed folks who are who are ready to uh, shell in money when they connect with the cause actually again it used to be mailing list uh, you got to really figure out uh, i think now it's facebook groups right uh, i i can talk about uh, uh whatsapp groups but it's it's too you know it's too uh, it's not very open right how do you find out on whatsapp groups you can't uh, so you go to the go to facebook find a bunch of you know uh, groups who are actually let's say you know you have an ngo which is in education uh, there are a whole bunch of groups uh, where people are talking about education courses right go and be a member there uh and the next thing you know don't go and tell them hey you know donate money for this cause uh and how will they trust you right you just going there it's like you know entering entering a hall and say okay buy a product from me right so rather you 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 warm up the audience uh you start contributing to the community right by by great ideas in terms of uh you know some ngos who is doing some great work and slowly steadily then you can you know start either promoting about your cause or let's say you know set up a set up a uh, let's say pledge campaign uh, you know which is a great way of packaging your idea right if you just go and ask people to donate they will say you know why should you donate i don't have a idea how will you use my money rather you go and say uh, we are going to build a compound wall for this code and you know we need we definitely need like 5 lakhs it's the security of kids at stake and we we done this actually right uh people said okay you know should i contribute for compound wall they have actually and then uh i think to close on i think it's really about figuring out this communities uh you know for example facebook community there are telegram groups now telegram marketing is huge now and uh i i don't think of any online communities per se where people discuss in forums because forums are literally dead actually right? it's then literally dead and third the most important thing is use your close network of people right and build the social you know social proof uh it's similar to your change.org where you put up a pledge and you ask your friends to sign the pledge uh right and then ask them to share and it it actually goes to their network and it it just explodes you know that's 
someone says you know doesn't doesn't need money actually another last question uh, is from uh, dark from a low code platform we want to acquire 250 partners in advanced market what channel would you recommend oh, 250 partners is it okay that's an ambitious number yes <laughs> so i think one is you know one of the key platforms you can go after is uh, if you are a aws uh, uh if you are a aws partner let's say you have a cloud solution uh so they have this uh, portal called apn portal uh, which is amazon partner network where they literally put in all the partners uh segmented based on the industry and product uh, products actually uh that's a great tool you know not just apn but there is npn and others go and figure out exactly what type of partners you want to go after whether it's a channel partner reseller partner strategic partner consulting partner uh and then go and filter them uh and then there are ways even within apn or apn you can literally write a message to them uh literally you have to uh build a list of companies you know once you know the companies it's like a cold outreach right and partners would be more than happy more than willing to revert back because uh you know uh, you know they would start getting more start getting revenues you know when they start working with you one one suggestion if i can add uh, ashwin is uh, you know your platform uh, in my interpretation of partners are uh, software development agencies um, you know one way to look at them globally mm-hmm. is uh, aggregated uh, websites uh, just like how g2.g2 crowd is there for for okay. you have clutch.co and uh, goodfonts.com right. right these are us based but they cover across the sure. world and similarly you know you got these freelancing websites where you also have some companies listing out themselves sure. so these are places where you can find these partners sure. and once you find these partners you'll have to mine the data and then do an outreach to these uh, partners absolutely right so that's another channel where you could figure out uh, again going back to ashwin's point figure out where your partners are spending time you know, where are your partners right so you know that will help answer fantastic so uh, i think we have one last question marketing engine that works in india this is from rajesh uh, tulsi mani from exponentia <laughs> marketing engine that works in india often hasn't worked in other geographies mm-hmm. apart from sem and content which needs to be contextualized based on the geography are there any other pointers when we have to reach out to new geographies sure i think uh, i think it's a great question i think uh, uh, at capital red we were there at uh, i think 14 geographies all the way from saudi arabia where most of the local companies used to interact with uh, uh you know interact with arabic all the way till thailand where you have to speak uh, thai actually uh so gtm for every country is completely different uh, you can't go and copy paste what is working in india to what is working in the us uh you know we burnt our hands big time you know, back in 2013 uh i think when i was not there you know we spent tons of money tons of budget people uh try to replicate what we used to do here just doesn't work you know that's that's definitely great point i think one of the ways uh, you know i think we should it all starts with what are the right geographies to go after right uh, so as a marketer you should spot this early signals where uh, which country where you are getting most traffic from right? apart from let's say your core geography <clears throat> people might be discovering your content let's say you are india based folks from middle east are actually somehow figuring out with content uh, they getting references they come to your site so look at the visitors right look at the top countries where you getting the traffic from so that's one uh same thing with linkedin actually look at the community which you have see uh where does this community spread look like you know whether it's india whether it's outside so that's number one look at all the signals to double down on what country you want to go so second is going after countries where you can you have referenceable customers uh for example for us uh, uh a lot of the companies whom we used to work in india such as puma or uh, bata they said you know you guys are great we would like you to come to southeast asia and then start working with our sa markets wonderful right that's another signal where customers are telling you you know uh, you know we need you in in different market and then once you launch there with these two referenceable customers it's very easy to right. start marketing 
you can literally start all your campaigns right uh, saying we working with bottom malaysia uh, rather than you say i am working with shopper shop in india uh, and nobody even knows who shopper shop is in malaysia i think the key is this finding out the right framework to figure out signals so that you can double down on the country second is use this early hacks where uh, have a referenceable global customer or maybe uh, you know figure out uh, you know a partner who can help you because partners have that local connect even now even now in saudi right for us the biggest source uh, sorry before i left capillary still feel attached uh, the biggest uh, source used to come from partners and uh, we did everything possible in saudi we did events we did which possibly worked we tried to do a bunch of email we tried to do a bunch of other digital campaigns the only thing we got is partners actually uh so once you know what country it's about figuring out the local nuances figuring out a balance of digital versus offline channel fantastic thanks uh, ashwin i think that wraps up uh, all the questions that we have received so far right. this has been our uh, you know very engaging uh, audience sure. across all the web we have had so far and, you know thanks for your patience answering all the questions i would like to thank ashwin once again thank you so much ashwin for your time it was wonderful having you and share a, a framework that can actually be used by all types and all phases of organization right. thanks for being on pitch camp sure. and thank you all the people who have joined thanks so much vimlesh uh, and uh, thanks for being a patient audience uh, i am great to get connected and then you know we can take the conversation offline and uh, you know let's have a great evening and then see you